recording. By the way, I didn't get a notice from them that the other one was done, so I'll have to log in and check. Uh, I'm assuming it was. I just didn't get the notice. Cool. How you doing? <laughs> How's going over there? Good, good, good. Uh, how are you? Good. Um, things are good. Uh, yeah, I mean, things are just uh, you know going good. I don't know. We've been having some nice days. Um, nothing too radical, um, but yeah, just you know, people have been positive. Um, we actually just discovered something. This is kind of funny. Um, we actually just discovered that you guys already had built in the ability to add custom fields and tags to deals and cases. Like the back end already supports this. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you even realized this. Like Jeremy built it in already, or whoever did, probably Jeremy. Um, and it's ready to go. It just needs some design. But it's like it's it's going to relieve a lot of pressure if we can roll this out. It's just awesome. We were just very excited to see this. That it's going to take a lot less effort than we thought it was going to take. So this is um, custom labels, custom fields, custom fields. Yeah. yeah. So like a lot of people right now use the background info in Highrise right. to That's put things right. like all sorts of stuff, stage, probability, the refer of the deal. And we've been, you and I have talked about, I've showed you like a, like last week or two weeks ago, like some, some thoughts about doing custom stages, but like this would be so much more flexible and it's already built in and, and it would support so many other use cases versus just adding a custom stage. Um, so we're pretty excited about this. It's still going to take some work, but it's a lot less work than we thought. And so it was just like, oh my God, you guys already built this. We just have to like design it and like screw some stuff in. But um, I we were pretty the, pumped. I wonder what the backstory is around that. Like if we just built it because we sort of built it for everything and just hit it or there was, I don't know. I'll ask Jeremy, but I'm sort of curious about that myself. Yeah. I just I just pinged him and he's done a couple of other things in high rise before too. There's other code in high rise that isn't active that were experiments that he made and that they were like um, he's mentioned like you know I, I put this in here but we didn't have enough design resources to like really make it like a, a real thing and it was just kind of a prototype. Yep. Um, and so maybe that was just him just thinking like hey maybe we'll do this one day and I'm just gonna leave it like this. And if, if we ever get the nod that like, let's go forth and do it. So I don't know, maybe he just left it like that. Cause it was like, because it's, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, there's no hindrance on, you know, how custom fields are today for right. users and, and companies or, or people in companies. Maybe it was just him thinking like, I'll just make it really flexible for the future. I don't know. Yeah. There's also some stuff like, for example, in Basecamp three, um, <clears throat> every recording a recording is anything basically in Basecamp 3. So a, a message, a, a document, a to-do item, a to-do list, a uh, chat line, like every recording can have a sign can be assigned to somebody. So you could you could technically like assign a message to someone, but we only expose in the UI that you can assign to-dos to people. But it's all possible. So it's you know, it might be one of those things where we just built it in a certain way and then only expose it in certain ways. So we only because we only had UI for it in one area, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Hey, really quick, so just, just, so, just so everyone knows, we're, since we're doing Blab, we could take some questions. So if you want to ask a question, I think you do a slash Q and then write your question. Then it'll show up in our questions queue and then we can answer that. So if anyone, I know there's only a few people watching right now. Um, uh, but if you want to ask questions, do a slash Q, write your question, and then it'll show up for us. We can answer it that way. Yeah. Okay. So. How are things going there? How have you been doing? Good. Good. Um, actually, today is pretty cool. We did a, I did a two-hour in-person demo for the Art Institute of Chicago. So cool. the Art Institute of Chicago uses Basecamp. They use Classic, they use Basecamp 2, and, and they want to move over to, they're curious about moving over to Basecamp 3. 
And so I got an email from them in their local, of course, and I said, hey, would you mind giving us a show? I said, sure, come on by. So I think they brought about six people by, and it was a really cool demo today. So we spent two hours. <coughs> I walked, they hadn't seen Basecamp 3 yet. Um, I walked them through everything and walked through some scenarios for them, like how would they do this, how would they do that? Um, and it's always awesome to, to, to go through it because, for one, you find some bugs. Um, so like there's something busted that shouldn't have been. Um, so that was good. I mean, it's fine, um, but now we know that. And then um, hearing how people want to use it versus what it can do and how they can use it. And then feeling really good when we show them something they didn't know they could do before. So like the automatic check-ins for them was like a revelation. Yeah. Like, this might save me hours a week because I'm, I'm constantly asking people this and I'm asking people that. And if Basecamp can do that for me, killer. So that was great. Um, being able to organize things into folders was huge for them. Um, they actually don't use to-dos at all in the current Basecamp. So um, they, they basically just use – like it's interesting. They use paper. Uh, the pen and paper themselves or like spreadsheets or just nothing. Um, so they don't really have a good process in place. And they're looking at like getting more sophisticated with process. So I showed them how to use to-dos. It was really interesting to hear like what they wanted to do and then to figure out how to translate that into how to make, how to structure to-do lists and how to break work up and scope it down. And it was a really good, uh, good session. Then they asked some stuff, which stumped me, which was nice. And, it, it was cool, but it was it was just fun. It's always fun. I just love getting in front of people and showing them our product. Like I just like to do that. And so I'm I'm even th wondering if like something that comes to mind is could I do a weekly? It's only in Chicago, of course. I could do this online too. Um, Blab would be a great place to do it if I could screen share. Um, but like, could I do a standing live demo every Thursday too for people who are in Chicago who are curious about Basecamp? Like I've been thinking in my head, like a cool goal would be. Let's get a thousand new Basecamp customer, Basecamp three customers in Chicago. Like, could we do that? Or maybe it's just a hundred, whatever it is. Like, could we do that um, through the process of high touch demoing? Because I feel like if I show someone the product, they buy it. So I'm kind of thinking that it could be cool to have the standing live demo session. Yeah. And if one person shows up, one person shows up. If forty people show up, forty people show up. You know, I don't know, but it'd be kind of a fun thing to do. So how did this? How did this meeting today even kind of come about? Were you just looking at, at who in Chicago is running this or did they reach out to you? They reached out to me and they said, Hey, we're, we're, we are curious about Basecamp 3. We're Basecamp customers. Um, could, could, could you show us around? I said, absolutely. Come on by the office, bring whoever you want and um, let's set it up. So we threw out some dates and something worked out. And so it was the COO of the Art Institute and they brought, uh, he brought, uh, I think four or five people from their team, a variety of different people, someone from publishing, um, someone from just like uh, uh, exhibit management and like a bunch of different people from different, I don't remember everyone's titles offhand right now, but it was a wide variety of people. It was really cool. So it just felt, it just felt good. And it's fun to demo it. It's fun to see people's responses. Um, I think of it a lot like, um, I think I may have talked about this before, but um, <clears throat> sometimes, you know, you got to get out and show your material. So it's like st a stand-up comedian will have a, have a routine. And before they go on stage with HBO and do their HBO one hour special, they like tour the country and go in small clubs and try stuff out because they don't know what's going to hit and what's going to miss. And they develop stuff and they, they say a joke that they thought was great that the audience doesn't respond to, or they said something that they didn't think was going to go over well and the audience loved it. You just don't always know. So it's cool to do these live demos because you can see people's responses, emotional responses. Like, I didn't know they'd be so pumped about that. Wow. I never thought about that, but yeah. they're really excited about that. Um, 
So I saw some of that today in people's eyes, which was really cool. And then some of the stuff I was excited about, they just didn't think was a big deal. And that was just good to see too. So it was cool. Anyway, yeah. it got me thinking about like, this should yeah. be part of my job description. I should, yeah. I should be on the hook to do these. I want to do these. Um, yeah. and so, anyway. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Chris Rock is a really great example of, of what you were just saying. Like he, I, he's he's got some. There's some anecdotes for Chris Rock in a few different books about him. Like he goes to these small clubs and he just he just does. He he goes up there with a notebook and he just does dokes out of his notebook. And like I'm, I'm sure the set is kind of choppy, but it's like he just records this stuff because then he goes into like Madison Square Garden and yeah. he does the jokes that he was like recording in the notebook. Like this landed, this didn't land, this landed. Um, yeah, it was really like, special. Sorry, go ahead. Well, no, Paul Grant, like he's got a great thing about just like doing things that don't scale. You've probably read this. It's a phenomenal yep. post by him, but it was it's it's like this. It's like we we're constantly looking for these things that are like automated and and it's good too. Like I, you know, I'm 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 a, a a lazy developer. I'm trying to find ways and trying to like make myself like more efficient and effective by like automating things, but. When we do that, we like miss all these things, like these opportunities, like you're saying, like just you don't, you if you don't scale doing sales like this, like, you know, you, right. that doesn't matter because like, like there's so much benefit out of this thing. That's not just the one sale, you know, like it, it, it doesn't, the, the per hour cost right. of you doing a demo for the artist, it doesn't make any sense. Right. Like for example, the, it was two hours today, right? Yeah. And like they might sign up for the twenty dollar version of Basecamp, but, right. but that's not that wasn't the exactly. point. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that wasn't the point. Yeah, and that's over. That that goes way over people's heads sometimes. Like they're constantly just thinking about, oh, this isn't worth my time, and like that's that's often like not the right like equation or the right math. Like they don't, you know, if you extrapolate out like a while, like there's a lot of value you get. You're saying like from doing these demos, like learning what works, learning what hits with other people, like figuring out a pitch that you can, you know, now put into the website and into the marketing materials. That's like so much more valuable than just those two hours of time you spend. Um, that's a really I mean, great, great point. I mean, and, and yeah, the goal was not really even to sell. It was just like, they wanted a demo. They're in town. I love the place. The Art Institute's awesome. It'd be yep. great to have them as a customer. They already are a customer. Yep. So yeah, why not? <laughs> and, um, and it was just like, it was fun. So, and I did this with Know Your Company. When we launched Know Your Company, I did all the sales for the first few months. And then I hired Dan Kim to help me out with that. And then um, it, it was great though. Like, because you, you, you give a demo, you get to hear what people think. Some of them were in person, some of them were via Skype and whatever, but it's really a fun thing. I really like doing it and you get a lot of insights. And so I, I really want to figure out a way where I could have a standing demo time. And if there's enough people in Chicago, it should be, there's th third largest city in the country, like to have a steady stream of people showing up that aren't just like, what I don't want is I don't necessarily want it to be existing customers who just want to hang out. Cause that's okay for another type of time. But I really would like this to be people who are genuinely curious about the product who don't use it today, who really want to learn about it. Yeah. And so anyway, um, maybe I'll set something like that up. Yeah. Um, well, we've got a couple questions. Should, cool. we, should we Yeah. Pop one? Let's do it. Let's take the first one here. Pop this in. Man, I really love what Blab's doing here. This is really, is really nice. Okay. So <clears throat> how do you test out experiments? Do you build it and expose it to some? We've talked a little bit about this in the past. Um, I think you guys are a little bit different. Than us, so I'll just take our side, and then and then you can talk about what you guys do. We um, we typically just test stuff internally, 
um, and get it to the point where we're happy with it and then roll it out to everybody. We do though, do sometimes do a stage rollout uh, like to a small percentage of our customer base just to make sure that there's no major problems that we're missing, but it's not about like beta testing it with them. It's more like 10% get it and then an hour later everyone gets it, so, something like that. So we will do that occasionally. I think we actually may have that. I'm not sure or I'm not totally up to date on whether we're doing that all the time now or just sometimes, but primarily we, we roll it out and we do it, we do it and, and get it right internally and, and feel good about that before we roll it out to everybody. And the main reason why is because um, we don't want to have, we don't want to invest all the time to get something right and then only give it to 10%. Um, because then like, I, I don't know what we de would definitely learn from it. We might learn that like, it's not quite right. And then we go back to the, go back and tweak it and it ends up being a four month thing versus like, let's just get it as right as we think we can get it and give it to everybody. And then we can learn more if we choose to. But I don't like the idea of, the reason I don't like is because if you release to some people, there's clearly going to be some issues with it. And it's very tempting then to say it's not ready for everybody else because these people don't like it. And then you get in that conversation versus feeling like we're confident enough to launch this to everybody. So that's that's my that's our current our current take. Nathan, what do you guys do? Not that much different. So I'm I'm very much um, you know I'm very much in the same camp. And and like it's something that I've talked about a ton on here and other places. But like I'm obsessed with dog fooding our own software. Like I I'm not making stuff. I'm I'm hopefully making stuff that a lot of other people want to use. But I, I can't just do that. So like I'm obsessed with making something that our team is going to find valuable. Um, and I feel like that's where the best insights I get come from. And I feel like that's the best insights our the team comes up with. Uh, it's the best quality stuff that we put out. So I, we don't do a lot of like, let's put this out there. We don't do any of this. We're, let's put this stuff out there and see if people like it and then we'll go with it. Um, what we do do though is we very similar to you guys. Like we have a, a, a beta environment in which we're not, it's, we call it a beta environment, but it's just us. Um, we're beta testing it. So we will create a new feature. Like we just, you know, this group inbox thing is like really important to us. We've been using this group inbox feature on our own for weeks, a month, month and a half, um, before anybody saw it. And so we were really happy with it. And that was it. Like we, we just made sure we were happy with it. It was getting the job done. We, we replaced our help desk with it. Um, and it was just kicking ass and we were ready to go. Then what we do is we try to figure out if we can only roll this out in small batches. And this is more for basically what you guys do. Uh, we just do it a little bit more kind of gradually, but like we're still, it's just, it's the same purpose. Like we're looking to see if we've missed anything, if we've missed any assumptions, if this breaks any workflows and then we might tweak it. But like, um, you know, so we have a system uh, in this thing we've built. It's a neat admin system that we're planning on open sourcing called Bellhop. And it's basically just lets us do all sorts of different stuff, but it's an admin interface. Um, and one of the features of Bellhop is it lets us turn on and off certain features. And so like with Group Inbox, um, we, you know, we were able to kind of gradually roll it out to 10% of people, 20% of people, certain accounts we were able to add. Um, and it was more like Jason said, it was more like, it was less about like, oh, the feedback is going to tell us like to redo it. It was more like, let's just make sure everything is cool. We didn't like forget something. Cause like we just rolled out, um, I'm doing this right now with bulk email and I'm gradually adding accounts, to this new bulk email system. I use this bulk email system every day. I think it's awesome. Um, I think people are really going to love this thing, but I just, I just invited like 180 people today or something. And someone, one person came back and was like, 
I can't let all my employees use this. I need permission control. And that was like, hmm, I didn't really, I didn't make that assumption before. That was some, that's interesting. It's not going to make me redo everything, but it was very interesting. I might have to, I might have to add something to help a couple people like this out. So that's, that's how we do experiments. It's more like not to redo everything, but to like, just make sure everything is okay. Yep. Cool. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, let's see. You want to take Benedict's question? Yeah, definitely. You, you want to roll with that one? Start sure. with that one. How do you decide when to invest in deepening your understanding of the tools you use versus just getting something done and moving the product forward? Interesting. Um, deepening your understanding of the tools you use. Um, I assume he, he, I mean, I assume he's kind of asking like, when do you, when do you explore like deep iterations of prototypes versus just getting a product out there and getting some momentum maybe with, with, you know, getting features done. Right. I mean, yeah, I think that's the question. Um, Benedict, if you want to uh, clarify in the comments over on the right, if, if we're kind of getting that right. Cause it's a good question. Um, I mean, it's like, you know, when, when do you, you know, follow the philosophy of like, just ship early, ship, ship quickly and, and ship often versus like, you know, uh, features, I mean, more on the level of programming languages, features of frameworks. Ah, do you get it? Uh, maybe. Okay. Okay. Maybe take a shot. Um, I see. I see. So, okay. I, right. Maybe I, got I understand it. this more. Got it. Like, like, it, okay. Like, like you just get, you, you know how to use what you've got already, the tool set you've got, like, should you jump into some other new thing that just came out and go deep to understand it? Yeah. And, and we have this, yeah. Okay. So I can, you know, like this, this is happening with us a little bit. Like we, you know, high rise is, was originally built right in like 2007. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we have some legacy to us. There was definitely some older versions of things and older tools at our disposal. And I'm not, you know, to be honest, like I'm, I'm a big fan of like, don't let the, don't let the shiny things attract you. Cause it's like the stuff that we have available, like, you know, we, um, we, when I started high rise a year and a half ago, like prototype was still the JavaScript framework that we were using was something called scriptaculous, which was popular in like the, the early two thousands and 2005 and 2006. Um, and, and it doesn't, you know, no one even uses prototype anymore. You know, Basecamp uses jQuery. Everybody uses newer frameworks, rails ships with jQuery, I think out of the box. Um, I didn't, it, I didn't like jump in and, and just decide to throw it all away. It was like, no, there's some good documentation. We can still make new features with these old tools. So I'm, I'm very hesitant to throw away the old tools. Um, but that being said, I, we, we do make experiments into some of the new stuff. Like right now we're, we're moving everything off of prototype and scriptaculous and going with more jQuery and some more modern stuff. And it's not, it's hard to say, like, I feel like it, the decision is more like, do we feel like we've, we've given ourselves some slack? You know, like when I got here, there was a lot of features. There's a lot of people asking for stuff. So I wasn't going to just come in here and be like, let me throw away everything and start the frameworks all over. It was like, let me, let me get a lot of momentum going. Let me make sure we're like, we're hitting, you know, three solid features every three weeks. We're hearing some really solid things from customers. And then we've given ourselves some slack to like start 
you know, reinvesting in, in, in changing some of the framework. It's not, so I don't have a really good black and white answer, but it was like, let's make sure like the product team is shipping useful things like in regularity before we start like reinvesting, I think in the back end and in the frameworks. That's, I guess, kind of how that decision went so far. <coughs> Excuse me. Another way to, um, the way I typically think about this is like, there needs to be a mixture of just flat out curiosity and your own personal time. And then also, do you need to feel like your current tool set is at the limit? Like, are you, are you genuinely curious about new stuff and you want to just dig into it and see what it's all about? Um, if that's true, you should probably just do that anyway, like on a side project or mess around. Um, and then, but if there's also like a true limit to your existing tool set that you just like, it's not fast enough or whatever it is, don't manufacture it though, because you can always find something that's like, it's not quite as good as it should. But like, if you're really running into limits, then that's also a good time to consider. Because I know that there's, um, I hear from people all the time who are like, they're like, hey, do you know any Rails programmers? And I'm like, why? And they're like, well, because we're, we're moving over from PHP to Rails. I'm like, cool. Like, you know, are you making a new product? Like, what? no, we're just rewriting it in Rails. And like that to me is a red flag. Like you're just rewriting it in Rails. You're the same product, but you're just rewriting it in Rails. Like if you're going to use Rails, if you're going to switch from PHP to Rails, do it the next time you like make a major new product or a major new version or something. Give, give yourself a reason to switch rather than just like, I want to just move it over so we're on a new stack of some sort. I just typically don't think that's enough of a good reason because you end up yeah. like spending months and months and months and months treading water because at the end, your customers don't really give a damn what the back end is and they end up with the same, you put in six or seven months of work and the customers at the end of the day have the same product and probably it's going to be buggier actually than the PHP version because it's a new code base and there's going to be a bunch of stuff you didn't quite get right. So anyway, I, I don't know if that's helpful, but that's kind of how we, how we tend to look at it. And then sometimes there's like, there's moments where like we, we, um, we're like, MySQL is not a good uh, database for like keeping track of certain things anymore. So like you, you check out Redis or something like you check out some flat file database or something else because your current tool set isn't the right tool set for something new that you want to do. Not necessarily something existing that you're already doing. It's kind of how I like to think about that. Yeah. And I, and I agree with you, like just to, to, to like plus your point, like it was like, I'm a big fan of like do something until it becomes painful. And so if you're switching something, but you don't really feel like it's painful yet. Like, nah, that's a mistake. Like, don't just switch from PHP to Rails because you think you're going to get some sort of new productivity. If you really feel though that like no one's getting anything done, people are, have to keep reinventing the wheel. Okay, now you have some pain point to fix. But yeah, I'm a I'm a, I'm a huge fan of trying to like f make give yourself pain. Keep finding places where like you can actually feel something and you have to fix it. Same thing with like hiring. Like don't hire in advance of this stuff. Like start doing all the roles, start doing support and do sales and do whatever. And then when that stuff starts being feeling painful and you can't like bend anymore, and there's no more time. Now it's a really good time to start hiring people because you understand the problems. Like it's, it, it just makes so much more sense than hiring the person in advance when it's like an imaginary problem. Right. We've got a couple minutes, <coughs> a couple minutes to go. Does anyone have any other questions they would like to ask? We can probably take one more question here. Um, if, if not, we could probably call it, call it a night actually. <clears throat> and then you're out of town next week. So, um, we're going to take a, about a week off. I can do tomorrow <laughs> still if you right. can. Yeah. Tomorrow I can still do, but, um, yeah, uh, starting next week we'll, we'll take a week off. 
and hopefully you come back. Cough's going to be gone. Yeah. I just, I talked to my doctor today. I'm like, I've had this cough for seven days, man. What's going on? And he's like, he's like, I think it's, I'm getting very technical. He's like, <laughs> it's like, I think it's like just post nasal drip. You should just take this and see if it clears it up. And if not, you can come see me and the whole thing. So anyway, hopefully it'll just be gone shortly. Sorry for the medical interlude there. Um, no, it's good. And uh, let's see. Yeah, I think, well, looks like no one has any other questions. So um, I guess we can call it a night. Cool, dude. Cool. We'll be back tomorrow. Have a good night. Yep. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yep, yep. Please do that. And um, I'll get this other video. I'll check now. I'm assuming it's done. I'll get the other video up on YouTube, hopefully right after this call. And then this one will be up whenever it's done converting. Cool, dude. Cool. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have All a good right. night.